Hi, you're listening to the Slow Life Project podcast with me, Lana Hall, a show dedicated to helping you find confidence, meaning, and true joy in your life. Through my own tips and tricks, as well as interviews with others, you'll learn to slow down, get real, and feel happy. Let's get started. is Lana Hall and welcome back to another episode of the Slow Life Project podcast. So glad to have you here because today I want to talk to you about the power of your attention. This is a topic that came to mind because I've just recently finished a book called How to Do Nothing. And you know, that probably seems to fit in quite well with the slow living philosophy What the book is all about is resisting what the author calls the attention economy. And what she means by that is taking power back over our attention so that instead of kind of mindlessly drifting to our phones and to socials every time that we've got uh, the opportunity to, to use our attention and to put it where we want, that we actually look at better for our mental health or, you know, better for us in terms of who we want to be as people, places to put our attention. It's quite a fascinating book. I would recommend it. It's uh, it's nonfiction. It's not particularly self-help. It's more just the author's uh, journey around looking at attention and how do you live in society without necessarily being connected online to other people all the time. So the idea really resonated with me and, you know, it got me thinking from a psychological perspective as usual as well uh, because something we learned way, way, way back in uni was the value of attention. So humans love attention. I know if you're an introvert or suffer a bit of social anxiety, you might think, oh, not me, (laughs) but in general, people love attention. And what we like is positive attention, you know, people praising us, listening to us well, that kind of attention. And generally, even if you're introverted, even if you're socially anxious, you like positive attention. What tends to undo people who are prone to wanting more time to themselves is the the negative attention side. And that's particularly true with social anxiety. Most people who have social anxiety, don't actually feel nervous around people that they know, love, care for, accept them. It's when it's people that we're not really sure if that's how they're going to respond that can then um, cause us to feel quite scared. So humans love negative, uh, positive attention. <laughs> what we learned at uni that I thought was quite interesting is that in general, people take negative attention over no attention at all all, that being ignored is actually the worst thing for us and that they've done quite a lot of studies with children around this. So obviously in general, you know, showing children positive attention is ideal, but if kids can't get positive attention, they do tend to act out and behave in, um, I don't know, not socially acceptable or not acceptable to their parents' ways, negative ways, because they would rather be yelled at than just straight up ignored. And then if we look at kids who haven't been treated well, who have been abused, that neglect where they're just, you know, their basic needs aren't met and no one is 
is interacting with them, those children fare the worst, worse than those children who have been interacted with in a negative way. So, like it or not, in general, as a species, we are wired for attention. And despite the fact that these things kind of exist, like our attention is something that's with us every moment that we're awake, in general, we really underutilize this resource. So, today, what we want to talk about is how can we use our attention more often? Because it really does determine our reality. You know, um, if you can do this like through a simple exercise, you know, if you think about one of the most amazing experiences you've had recently, like a holiday, or if you achieve something great, if you think about that for 60 seconds, you will start to generate positive feelings and you start feeling really good about yourself. But you could sit in exactly the same place uh, with exactly the same kind of conditions and day before and after and put your mind on something negative for 60 seconds. Spend that time thinking about a uh, recent conflict you had in a relationship or where you were rejected or failed at something. Do it for just 60 seconds. You'll start to feel terrible. And what's important to understand about that is we didn't change the environment at all. That exercise takes place completely in your mind, completely related to where you put your attention. And for most of us, and you know, I'm going to include myself in this as well, we tend to spend a lot of time trying to shift the external world around to make it more the way that we think we want it, in a way that we think will make us happier. And we ignore the fact that we could do the same thing with our attention. In fact, you know, if we thought about all the things we're always trying to change and fix and work towards in the outside world, put that much energy into your attention and directing it towards things that are important to you, I think you'd get a lot more back from it. <laughs> uh, and that's what this episode is about today. It's about taking some of the time and energy we spend manipulating the outside world and let's spend it on putting our attention into places where we are going to feel more like we want to be feeling basically. Um, because like I said, it's something that it really does determine how we're feeling a lot of the time, where our attention is, but we don't always pay much attention to the fact of the fact we could change our attention. So sometimes it is important to pay attention to things that don't make us feel better. So some examples of that are when we're solving a problem, and that can include worrying if that's involving solving a problem. Sometimes it makes sense to put your attention on what could go wrong so that you can prevent the bad things from happening. So that's any you know a bit of an exception. Another exception is when you're supporting somebody else. Other people's thoughts and feelings and actions won't always make us feel good, but if you value the relationship, it's important to be there for that person even though it might make you feel kind of worse or more uncomfortable. Growth is probably another good one to add to that list as well when I say feeling uncomfortable we might choose to put our attention on things that don't necessarily feel great in the moment because we know that going through the experience is going to turn us more into the person that we 
want to. So, you know, maybe I imagine um, contacting somebody to ask them for some work and that might feel very uncomfortable. So when I think about it, it makes me kind of feel worse in the moment, but I know that's only by thinking about it that I can then develop a plan for doing it and in terms of doing it, it will turn me into a better person. So that's another time when we might not want to direct our attention away. And I think the other one, you know, it's a social justice kind of one. It's important to put your attention on things that make you feel worse when it involves kind of getting upset so you'll take action because there are a lot of things in the world that could be being done better and we don't want to avoid these problems or these people just because they make us feel bad, you know. Um, Sometimes it's important to think about things like climate change or how the world is unequal and then that emotion that comes up as a result of that helps us to do something that's going to change the problem. So there are a few few exceptions there. But in general, there is so much time that we could be directing our attention towards things that are really going to create more satisfaction and meaning for us if we just let it. So how do we do that? You can train your attention or train your ability to focus your attention through a meditation or a mindfulness practice because that is all about put your attention on one thing and and try and keep it there as best you can. But outside of those practices, which is kind of like building up your attention muscle, you're still going to need to have a think about what would be a good place for my attention. And this is where I think it gets a bit hard and where it becomes really easy to just pick up our phone and see what other people think we should be paying attention to, which is essentially what you do whenever you open, you know, like a news app or socials. Somebody else has said, hey, this is important to me. And I chucked it into this feed and then you look at it and that's where your attention goes. And so put that way, it sounds a little bit scary to me. I want to be in charge of my attention. So if I'm not going to pick up that phone and let someone else decide, where am I going to place it? This is so personal and it really does come back to your values a lot of the time. So to be able to do this exercise, we've then got to have a think about What's a good place for my attention? Where do I want to be putting it? And knowing that answer off the top of your head so that when you've got the time and space to focus on what you'd like, it's quite automatic. And I'm recording this podcast looking out the window, actually. (laughs) So you might decide to choose nature as your place for your attention. It might be that when I look at trees and birds, I feel more calm and relaxed. I like feeling calm and relaxed. Therefore, when I get some, you know, free time, a minute or two, I go outside or I look outside. So that's an example of how attention can work. Um, It can be like your focus word for the year. So I realized I got knocked track with my focus word recently because I use this yoga app that Sometimes in some of the uh, workouts, they ask you, think about your intention for the day. And I was like, oh, I'm not really sure what my intention for the day is. So I hadn't knuckled down into, okay, where do I want my attention to be going? But I did say at the start of this year that my focus word was intuition. Um, And that, I guess, has been added on to that a little bit because I think intuition involves paying attention to intuition and acting on it. 
means you've got to be honest with yourself and you need to be honest with other people. So they're my focuses at the moment. And so then if I get a bit of space, instead of picking up that phone, where's my attention going to go? It's probably going to go inside. I need to check in with how I'm thinking and feeling. Perhaps I need to think about what's coming up next and see if I have any kind of intuitive response to that. And in doing that, I'm training myself to pay more attention to intuition and to act on it. So that's what I mean by you've got to have a focus for your attention and then being able to use that focus in action. You could do it with something like courage or, well, yeah, honesty, like I said before, you know, and that means that when I get a second, I put my focus back on that word and have a think about courage. What's the courageous thing to do next? And it sounds funny, but honestly, if you ask yourself that kind of question, there's something you've been putting off because you're scared, you will bring it to mind in that moment. Uh, if your word was something like empathy, you might think about what person in my social circle am I going to listen to today? Have I been listening well? Do I actually want to spend this bit of time that I'm now not using on socials to connect with somebody who I know is going through a hard time and just let them know that I'm thinking of them. You know, that would be an empathic response, understanding that they probably need someone to reach out and and being that person. So there's a variety of different ways that this could these could go. But I hope what you're seeing is that any one of those words and ideas would probably make you feel better than just picking up a phone and being subjected to whatever somebody else has decided is most important. Even if, you know, uh, nature or feeling calm and relaxed isn't my top priority, if I looked out the window, I bet you I would feel better (laughs) if I picked up my phone, you know. Same with being courageous, empathic, intuitive, all of those actions like texting a friend, checking in with how I'm going, all that sounds so much more valuable than just scrolling basically. (laughs) So that's the main thing I want you to take away from today's episode, that if you're wanting to increase your sense of satisfaction in life, that put your attention on your attention rather than any other space. You're not going to change anything else about your life. Just put your focus where you want it to be. So your your sort of task for this week after listening to the episode is have a think, what do I want to focus on right now? No right or wrong answers. And you probably heard me say this like 50 times before. If you need a list of values or ideas on you know, what might be important to you in life. That's in the front part of my book, The Slow Life Project. Worth revisiting if you haven't looked at yours for a while or like me, if you've kind of forgotten what your word of the year was. (laughs) I was lucky. Uh, My sister reminded me. But, um, you know, we're almost halfway through the year, so it's, it's a decent time to review where you want to be putting your attention. Either the word from the start of the year would still be relevant or it wouldn't, or if you've forgotten, just pick again. Um, but you do need to have that piece in place, understanding this is what I want more of. And it can be the feeling. I want to put my attention on things that make me feel calm and relaxed But then you still got to answer that question of, well, what makes me feel calm and relaxed? And the other way to go about it is 
I'm going to focus on a value, something I want to be doing more of or become more of that kind of person. And then when I've got the space, I am going to redirect my attention into that word and then looking at what I can do with that from there, just depending on what the situation is. And with all things like that, you know, setting a reminder on your phone to tell you to do that, particularly if you're going to pick up your phone and look at socials, maybe your lock screen or your passcode to open your phone is something that cues you to pay attention to what you want to be paying attention to. All right, that's it from me this week. I hope you have an intentional week giving this idea a try and I will talk to you more next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Slow Life Project podcast. I hope you have a calm, confident, and joyful week. If you'd love more tips or support from me, be sure to subscribe to the podcast or head to my website, theslowlifeproject.com. Thank you.